0: And now, it's time for your hosts, Nick McVicker, Kyle Vardy, and Irfan Manji. That's right, folks. We are back once again. Nick McVicker here, joined through the Garage Door Sports Cup phone by my great co-host, Kyle Vardy. Kyle, how are you doing today, buddy? Doing good.
1: Finally got my coffee this morning, so uh, I'm starting to slowly wake up. Yeah, know,
0: That's that's kind of important. Coffee's a good thing for you. I've, I've seen you when you don't have coffee, and it's not pretty.
1: <laughs> I might go into murderings for you if I don't have coffee, so we'll see. This is true.
0: Well, we got a lot to get into, man. We got a little NHL to talk. We're going to mm-hmm. preview the Grey Cup, but first, let's start with our kickoff segment sponsored by Canada Kicking Academy. Calling all kickers and punters in the Southern Ontario region if you are looking for year-round professional development with elite competition, you need to train with the Canada Kicking Academy. The Ferrara brothers, Daniel and Gabe, are both University of Guelph alumni, and after illustrious university careers, they want to teach you everything they've learned over the years. If you want to take your special teams game to the next level, you need to train with the Canada Kicking Academy. Visit them at canadakickingacademy.com or follow them on Instagram at Canada Kicking Academy. And dude, we got a really cool guest for today someone who not only has gone through the canada kicking academy and as i quote gabe on this one he is a disciple and one of the best people he's ever met we got all canadian and university of guelph kicker eric strands joining the show today eric how are you doing man i'm doing really good thanks
2: for having me that's quite an introduction love it Hey.
0: I asked Gabe, I wanted to talk to him about you before just to get a background. And he's like, oh man, this guy's amazing. He's done all this stuff and he, he, he had nothing but good things to say. So That's awesome. I love that guy. He's he's, a ah, Gabe's the best. <laughs> Anyways, man, you have had an incredible season. As I said, you were named All-Canadian for 2021. Um, what was that season like for you in Guelph? It was, it was an awesome season. Um, going... From the
2: off season to the season where um, I would train four days a week with uh, Gabe and Dan, and then going into the season where you go every day
0: nonstop, it was it was a good season. I really liked it. And you guys do have one thing as Guelph, you have a, a title that no one else can claim this year. You beat. The Vanier Cup champs, Western Mustangs in week two. That was a huge week for you guys. You guys played amazing that game. Um, what was it like? That was yeah. your first game of the season. So, what was that kind of like getting everything going that way?
2: Well, leading up to that, we had a almost a straight month of training camp because we started a couple weeks before everyone else. So the the boys were fired up. Like we knew week one it was going to be a tough game. Like going into it. Western hasn't lost a regular season game since 2016, so we kind of went into it thinking, okay, like, not that we have nothing to lose, just we're ready, we're fired up, and that we know we can beat them. And we did close game, but came down to the last minute, and we did it, so that's all
0: that matters. Yeah, trust me, I'm, I'm aware of the uh, Western streak there. I, I'm the play-by-play voice of Western football, so... <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, he's, he's, kind of, he's kind of a homer when it comes to that, but that's a whole different situation. Not at all. Um, I just mean, respect good
0: football. Come on, don't give me that.
1: I was going to say, how, how different was the, the off season this year? Was it way different compared to previous years, especially with everything going on in the whole world?
2: Yeah, it was a bit different. Um, the main thing for us was we probably get kicked off, I want to say, like 10 different fields. Like, we go to the university, we go to different high schools, and – there'd be bylaw coming by, like, like, man, you can't, you can't be on these fields. Like that was just the <laughs> biggest barrier. And it was compared to an eight month off season to a, what 20 month off season. It it was very different, but it, it made strides in my game. And that's, that's all that I really care about right now.
0: What was the biggest thing you said you uh, probably learned over that 20 month break?
2: Um, basically that, like, what I can do in football. Like, after the 2019 season, I was kind of itchy. I was like, it's football for me. It is what I really want to do. And then during the, what, 20 months before the next season, I was like, okay, like, fell in love with football again. I was like, this is something I want to do. This is something I love. I love the guys. I love the coaches. So this is what I want to do. I was just going
1: to ask. I was gonna. I was going to say, like, are you – Planning to try and pursue further football, or are you going to go like stick with your – because you're in accounting, right?
2: Correct, I'm in accounting, yeah. but yeah. So this would be – this upcoming draft is my draft year, so I'm eligible for this draft season. Um, I've declared, and now it's just training to get to that point.
0: Okay, uh, How has Gabe, who has gone through the draft, gone and played on a few teams in the CFL, now he's signed with that Cats in the on their practice squad right now. How has he kind of helped you – mentally prepare, I guess, for the upcoming few months with the draft coming up?
2: Well, it's just him kind of believing in me, sending me texts, saying, hey, man, like, great game. And mainly in the offseason, like, having someone there that's made it. Yeah, by your side, competing with you and just kind of giving you tips and, like, um, all the positive messages he sends. It's pretty awesome. He's been a huge mentor to me.
1: I'm kind of curious. What made you choose a kicker as your position? <laughs> so it,
2: a lot of people ask it. So I'm, I'm not like the stereotypical kicker. I'm not tall, skinny. Like I'm six foot 215. So I'm a bit beefier than normal kicker. Um, so I think it was back in 2013. Um, I was playing running back and I broke my collarbone playing running back. And they're like okay we need a kicker on the team and they're like I know you play soccer can you kick I'm like yeah I can kick but I can't punch because I'm in a sling But so they're like alright you can kick but then as soon as you kick run off the field <laughs> and as soon as that point on I kind of was like alright I'm pretty I, I'm pretty good at this so I stuck with it I still played other positions but then as soon as I got degree, I want to say 12 I kind of was like okay I need to focus on kicking this is what I'm good at and
0: here we are. I kind of want to see video of this kicking in a sling and running off the field. <laughs> That's it's, in, it's in his highlight
1: tape. It's in his highlight
0: tapes. <laughs> sure it is. Um, so n- being named an all Canadian, how, how special was that moment when you saw that?
2: That was, that was huge. That was huge. So hey, I, I know as soon as I, as soon as my coach called me in the office and was like, hey, you're named first-team All-Canadian kicker," I was like, "It just kind of hit me." I was like, "Wow!" Like I, I set a goal for myself at the start of the year to be first-team All-Canadian and to be academic All-Canadian. And I, as soon as he said that, I'm like, "Okay, I, I achieved both," so I was on top of the world. It was it was awesome. That's so cool. Man.
1: So being being a kicker, obviously have late-game situations. Being that that type that type of guy. How do you deal with the pressure of potentially m- making those make-or-break kicks?
2: It's, it's just repetition. It's just in practice having your team kind of behind you, like yelling at you, spraying water at your feet, um, all that kind of stuff. It's just all, all leading up to it. It's just um, knowing that your team has your back, your coaches are confident in you, and that you
0: know you can execute it. That's the big thing. Sounds about Great. right to me, <laughs> Kyle. Anything you want to, else you want to ask him before we uh, flip the script and go to the Grey Cup?
1: Um, honestly, the only other thing would be like, how has the kicking academy? Like, obviously, you mentioned Gabe and stuff like that. How, like, what was the biggest thing the kicking academy helped improve your game?
2: I would say the point that they always say is to be the best, you must train with the best, and doing that there. Kicking with Gabe, coaching with Dan—it's—it's it just elevated my game by giving me that confidence and the ability to be able to train with the best players around. Has elevated it to new heights.
0: I like it. I like it. I like it. Little little kicking academy plug. Gotta love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gabe will love it too. Um, yeah. Well. Eric, that's awesome, man. It sounds like you had a great year. We're, we're cheering you on from, yeah. uh, from Garage Door Sports. Let's flip the script now. Appreciate to it. your Hopefully your next location in the CFL. Great Cup yeah. Sunday. Hamilton, Winnipeg, rematch of 2019. Kyle, you're the betting mm-hmm. guy here. Yep. Who's the favorite to win this one? Uh,
1: the favorite's got to be Winnipeg. Um, as much as I... I my, my lovely, the girlfriend does not agree with me um, as she is a Hamilton fan. I don't, I don't know how much a home field advantage is going to play a factor. I think it will play a factor, but I think Winnipeg has been the better team all year. I think Winnipeg has the better defense and I think they're set up better to actually win the game. Um, obviously last week was very uncharacteristic for them with having like eight turnovers, but um, and they still ended up winning that game, which I don't know if that's better for the Blue Bombers or more embarrassing for Saskatchewan that they couldn't take advantage of those eight turnovers.
0: Probably.
1: Um, yeah, combination of both, potentially. I mean, you got you got Hamilton who just didn't show up in the first half against the Argos and then dominated in the third and fourth quarter. So it's like you got tail two tapes. Um, obviously, uh, apparently the, uh, the Timbit Stadium or whatever she calls it... Um, mm-hmm. The tin box or something or, uh, should be should be up and roaring. So we'll see how that goes. Um, I I have personally have the blue bombers, but it, it could be, could very well be a close game.
0: Well, it's funny because like you watched the two games last week, the conference finals. And Eric, I don't know if if you got a chance to see them, but like I think the two teams that won didn't win those games. They just did enough not to lose those games, and I think that's how they ended up in the yeah. final, right? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I think the teams that lost lost the game to themselves. Like they're like the Ty Cats and the Bombers. Like they won the game because the other team lost. It wasn't because they outplayed them.
0: It's true. Right? It like just you came at- down to. Oh, go ahead.
2: <laughs> they came down like obviously Dane Evans going in, going sixteen for sixteen, and kind of running it up. I, that was the difference for sure in that game.
0: Yeah, it's kind of crazy to think that. Eh? like, We were all expecting Jeremiah Masoli to be the guy, and then he sucked. Like, There is no way of getting around it. He looked awful when he was in. Then they go to Dane Evans, and he can't miss a throw. Now, I know he was yeah. making smarter plays. Don't get me wrong. like, He was playing within the offense, but that was a huge turnaround there, Kyle.
1: Oh, 100%. And it's one of those... Masoli, honestly, I, I think is... That's going to be my controversial. I think he's overrated, but that's just me personally. Obviously, I, I I watch CFL. I don't watch too much CFL, but every time I watch, he ends up throwing two picks or ends up overthrowing a guy by 40 yards. And it's like the guy's wide open by 10 yards. And somehow he still overthrows him. I'm not quite sure how he does that. Um, but I, I think I think Evans is the guy to go to in the Grey Cup. They, they still haven't apparently –
0: no, they didn't. Announced
1: it. Did announced, they?
0: They announced it like Thursday. Evans is oh, okay. Yeah, I was going to say, they, I, I thought they announced it already.
1: Okay, I, 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 didn't, I didn't see that part. So, I mean, Evans Evans definitely is the guy to go to. I, obviously, I don't think he's going to re- recreate the 16 for 16 what he did with four touchdowns in the second half. But even then, I think
0: – What? He had one touchdown. Yeah, I sorry. think you ran, it, too, do you know? ran Dane two. Dane Evans eight. ran for two, but he, yeah. he scored like one touchdown through the air. Sorry, I thought you were talking passing. Stuff. No, I, I don't care about passing. I'm talking total touchdowns. <laughs> okay, well, I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> did, did the points go up on the board? Yes. It's a the touchdown. points went up on the board.
0: It took him a while to get there, but so, they got up on the board.
1: <laughs> so it's well, that, that's and it, it, it it's basically it's what, it's what he said. It's like Argo's settled for like five field goals in the first half, and you can't do that. <laughs> like it would be like look oh it's another 10 yard field goal it's like okay it means i mean, it's like, can't punch it in from the 10 yard like from from up close it's like you, you can't do that it's it's simple as that obviously you can do that a couple times but you can't do that four times in the first half and and the half at 12 nothing so i mean the winnipeg i think winnipeg wins i think i think evans does do great but i mean winnipeg's defense from what i've read is apparently the best defense in the last 50 years so
0: they are they're a top defense and Hamilton is middle of the pack in all of the offensive categories so it's going to be really interesting to see how they can kind of break that down um Eric I wanted to get your opinion on this but who do you think is a wild card that could really turn this game around for their team like it could be either side but who do you think is like the true wild card that kind of controls how this game ends up
2: (laughs) I think it's going to be Speedy B. I think if, if he returns one, that's all the momentum they need. I think for Hamilton, that's who's going to be a big factor. It's going to be special teams for him. It's going to be if they can get those returns, to whatever, they want to get 15 average yard returns, then that's huge for them. They return one, that's a lot of momentum. I know for us, every time we get a return touchdown, it's, it's like – the game changes. It doesn't matter if we're down 30 or for up, whatever. It's it's our game now. So I think that's going to be the difference if it happens.
0: I like that. I like that a lot. Kyle, who do you think is going to be the wild card or the X Factor?
1: Um, <clears throat> for Winnipeg, X Factor is Andrew Harris. Um, obviously, Andrew Harris still has that kind of lingering knee injury. Yes, he came back from it, but I'm sure it's still bugging him somehow. Um, you don't really get rid of, rid of knee injuries in a couple weeks. So um, with saying that he still went off for 136 yards last week in a touchdown, but he is that key cog on that offense that gives Colaros, you know, doesn't have as much pressure on his back, I guess is what you could say. So um, obviously Colaros last week threw three picks and that was half of his total for the entire regular season. So I don't think he's going to do that again. But he, I think they're going to also rely on 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 Andrew Harris. I mean, weather right now looks beautiful, so I'm not sure what they're projecting for weather-wise there. Um, but I think he's going to be a key factor. And when it comes to Hamilton, I think it's going to be Simone Lawrence. I think um, it's kind of his last, last ride of things, and I think he's got to have a fantastic game, step up, make big plays when he needs to. And, and that Hamilton defense has to step up and give their offense a chance to uh, – Match point for point and go ahead. So, uh, those are my two key factors for the game.
0: I like those. I think for me, I think the biggest key factor for Hamilton is going to be Dane Evans. I think if he can come in and be consistent, he doesn't have to do anything crazy. But if he plays like the simple game that he played against Toronto, not he's not going to go sixteen for sixteen. I'm, I'm not like I'm not pretending that's going to be a thing. But if he can play simple, play within what the defense is giving him. It's a great defense, so they might not give him a whole lot. But if he's smart enough to be able to play within that, I think he is the guy who can change this game for Hamilton in a heartbeat. Eric, I got to point out a little funny point here, though, for both teams. They rank dead last in field goal percentage across the entire season. How do you feel about that as a kicker?
2: (laughs) Oh, It's kind of unsettling, especially as I know both of the kickers on each team. I've trained with them before. Yeah. I mean, both teams have gone through, I think three, maybe four kickers. So it's kind of showing that they're they're replaceable and it's something that matters to them. So I think in this game, it could come down to a field goal. I'm guessing it's going to be close. So we'll, we'll see how
0: it goes. Well, the line right now, I believe is three and a half, right Kyle? Yep. So three and a half point favorites are the Winnipeg blue bombers. Um, as you said, you're leaning towards the Blue Bombers, but betting-wise, since we might as well get that in a little bit, yep. what's what's your betting feeling on this? Is it going to be a three, four-point win by the Bombers, or are they, is it going to be close?
1: I mean, I could 100% see this being like a, a six- to seven-point game where it's like a touchdown difference rather than a field goal, um, and I think that's why the three-and-a-half is so enticing for some people. Because it would it would come down to you know that that they need a last second touchdown to tie, or whatever it may be. Um, I think it could be that the, the over under is forty four right now, and I like that as the over um, because I do think Winnipeg's defense is stingy, but at the same point, they were shown last week that they could give up some 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 yards, and I think Hamilton at home is riding the high of beating the Argos at their home last week. I think there's a chance that that over does hit. I think it would be probably more like a 48 point, 48 point game to me, um, and I think that'd be in- intriguing because the last, the last thing you want, and this is just me as a sports fan, last thing you want is like a 10-3 game where every offense is struggling. Like you don't want that. that that's just <laughs> to me. Yes, it's great. It's great football because it shows you the the, the strengths of both teams, but it also shows you the weaknesses of both teams too. So it's like, I I would much rather have a shootout go last second, you know, uh, one team needs a drive the last minute to go tie the game. Like to me, that would be entertaining, make the great cup worth watching, like that kind of stuff. So um, maybe it's just my heart going with the over on that one, but that's, (laughs) that's what I would lean towards.
0: Fair enough. I like it. I, I think, I think that's a fair bet, honestly, like, and I do expect there to be some fireworks in this one. Whether it's special teams, like you said, Eric, or whether it's a couple big plays from Kolaros or Evans, like I think there's going to be some fireworks in this one, and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Um, that'll do it for our Grey Cup segment here, and that'll do it for our kickoff segment sponsored by Canada Kicking Academy. If you want to take your special teams game to the next level, visit them at CanadaKickingAcademy.com or follow them on Instagram at Canada Kicking Academy, and you too could be an all-Canadian just like Eric right here. Uh, <laughs> Um, we're awesome. going to take a quick break. Eric, do you want to stick around for a little NHL talk, man? No, I'm going to go. All right. Sounds good, man. We will be right back after this. Eric, thank you for joining us.
2: Thank you for having me. I appreciate it, guys. We'll be right back. Hey, everyone. This is Erfan Manji from Touchline Thoughts, powered by the Garage Door Sports Network. We are an all-soccer podcast hosted by yours truly and Paige Culver. We provide news, analysis, and opinions each episode as well. You can listen to us on your favorite podcatcher and follow us on Twitter or Instagram. Cheers.
0: Great segment there with Eric. Lots of fun talking some Grey Cup and as well as the successful season he had with the Guelph Griffins. Kyle, we got some hockey to talk now. A little yep. bit of a Leaf talk before we get into the absolutely insane story that came out of Arizona this week with the Coyotes. Mm-hmm. But let's focus first yep. on the Leafs. And the, the question is this week, and I think everyone in Leaf land has been asking it, what's going on with the blue and white? I know injuries have kind of slowed their season down a little bit, but like something doesn't look right at all. I, I'm leaning towards the decor being the problem.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely think they need need some some additions to that. The muzzin hole pair hasn't looked great recently. obviously um, w I wasn't you no, know, Justin and I were not fans of us keeping Hole in the expansion draft, much rather rather kept McCann and replaced Hole somewhere else. Um, but you know, beggars can't be choosers. So um, in saying that I, I do think I think they need to just settle down. I think I think Tonight's game against Chicago is going to be huge. Um, obviously, Fleury coming up that big 500th win. Most likely, we'll get the start tonight. Um, so, we'll see how that goes. I mean, that Columbus game it was a heartbreaker where it's, you know, you're up 5-1, you give up three straight towards the end of the game, which is an ideal. But, obviously, that kind of happens when you're up 5-1. A lot of times, you take the foot off the foot off the gas and, and you know, the team crawls back in. Um, <clears throat> that Tampa game, they – were in it, and then all of a sudden the wheels kind of fell off and they tried to get it back and didn't quite do that. So, I mean, I, I think as a whole, I think it's that, that one pairing that's really kind of letting them down. Obviously, the, the injury to Sandine didn't help either, so they're kind of scrambling for that 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 third pairing as well. But, I mean, Riley's been good. I, I, I can't complain about him. Nope. Um, ever since he signed that contract, I think he's got 19 points in 19 games or something like that. Or 17 points in 19 something, games. Yeah, later. something like that. Yeah, he's
0: played. He's played really well. He's not the issue for sure. I agree.
1: No, and I mean, I mean, soup's kind of come back down to earth a little bit compared to where he was, and and there's nothing wrong with that. I got I got no problem with him because like I know what he's going to be, so it's not on him whatsoever. But did I really expect him to keep a 1.6 goals against average? No, and, and I, anybody who thought he was going to do that is
0: delusional. But the thing is, so, he still has a save percentage above 935. He's at 935 cool. right now. Right, so no, I know. I don't. I don't think he's come back down to earth. I think the team in front of him is just leaving him out to dry a lot more. I think that's what the case sure. is. I don't know if he's sure. actually playing any worse than he was before, but when you're yeah. giving up rebounds with no one clearing it, like they are now, like the well, Leafs aren't clearing anything at the moment, and they're all yeah. standing in front of him too.
1: Yeah, I, I think I think they need a quick reset. I think is what they really need. I think they need to. Um, <clears throat> I think they need, like, honestly, I think they need a blowout win. I think they need, you know, I thought they were potentially, I think they thought they were potentially going to get one with the Columbus game, and all of a sudden they let them back in. So I think they need to blow, like, blow out Chicago or or something along those lines. Make it one of those, hey, statement game. Like, hey, we're still here. We're not going
0: away. Um, Well, it's funny. A week ago they did that, though. You go back a week and a bit, it's the Colorado 8-3 demolishing where they dominated that game.
1: Yeah, and I think I think honestly that was the kind of start of the letdown. Obviously, it was Minnesota. The Minnesota game w- was kind of kind of tough because they were, you know, they were down three nothing, battled back, and then lost in overtime. Um, obviously, that Winnipeg game was an absolute shit show. That's a whole different thing. I mean, yeah, well, that that game itself didn't help with with everything going on either. No, um, you know, ter- terribly officiated game leads to suspensions on both sides. And I think I think the Leafs kind of got deflated after that, you know. And I think you know, obviously, that they, they yeah. kind of bounced back against Columbus, but it's Columbus, so it's one of those like, like Columbus has been good this year, but it's still Columbus. So have they? Uh, what have they been good this year? Yeah, they're like 13, 11 and three or something like
0: that. 13, 11 and one. They're out of a playoff spot. That's what I mean. Like when you say good, you do, you just mean better than we thought they were going to be.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, like they're not dead, they're not dead last okay. in the division, which fair. is what we expected. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I
0: misunderstood what you meant. Yeah.
1: Um, so it's one of those, like, you know, it's still Columbus though. So they're not, they're not fantastic by any means, but I mean, they're better than they were. So are sure. um, you obviously do that? And then you play, you play a legit team um, in Tampa the next, the next night. And all of a sudden it's like, well, okay, back down to earth. So, yeah. I think I think with Chicago struggling, but obviously Chicago having the pieces there to be that that team, right? Like you look, you look at Columbus versus Chicago. Columbus hasn't been a better record. Than Chicago, like technically, but you look at Chicago's pieces. I'd take Chicago's pieces over Columbus. So um, I think a statement win against one of those guys would definitely be uh, much needed for sure. So hundred um, percent. But. We'll see what happens. I'm, I'm not sure. And they get a couple of days off after tonight's game too. So we should, yeah. We should
0: be, yeah. And we, I think you meant, we talked about the defense before. I just want to swing back to that point here. Um, yeah. We mentioned Riley has been good. You know, the other guy who I've been really impressed with over the last few weeks is Lilgren. I think he's done a great job. He's been, obviously the expectations were so high for this player coming in. Cause he was drafted mm-hmm. in the first round. I think what 15th overall was it? Uh, 17th, if I remember 17th, correctly. Whatever. Something, something in the mid teens, right? Yeah. And everyone thought he was going to be so good, so high. And it's taken him a while to get to the NHL. But it, he looks like he yeah. has found a nice role when he was playing alongside Sandine before Sandine got hurt, right? Yeah. And yeah. then with that Hall Muzzin pairing just looking absolutely awful against Tampa, what they did was they flipped him and Hall. And they had him playing with Muzzin. And I actually right. think that stabilized the core for the rest of the game. Now, the team didn't score enough up front to get back into the game at that point. But after that, mm-hmm. I don't think they gave up a goal. Right. So I've been very, very impressed with how he's played. He has the potential, obviously, to be a top player. But I think he's going to fall more in that second pair sort of role for the rest of his career. But yep. he's looked really, really good. And I think that they need to give him a little bit more playing time along with muzzin for the next little bit because i don't think that hall muzzin pair is right i just don't see it working i know it yeah. worked at the beginning of the season but that was also because the team was just flying and i think they kind of covered up mistakes that that pair was having and i think yep. now it's you got to find a role where both of those guys can get the most out of them out of their play muzzin and hall right and if that means that they have to split up the Lilgren green Sandine pair and flip that around a little bit, I maybe you got to just do it. Like, I think it's time, especially midseason. You're playing pretty well as a team. Like, 18, 8, and 2 is nothing to scoff at. So, yep. it might be the time to start taking a few risks wh- with the decor to see what actually works.
1: Yeah, 100%. I mean, that injury to Sandine was. was that, yeah, that a, hurt. It, was, it hurt because Sandine was playing so great as that. that Uh, the middle pair to bottom pair guy where you can rotate in and out. No problem. Yeah. Obviously now you have to, as you said, you kind of have to do that with Logren. Um, And I think he will, I think he will do well in that. And like Logren has been one of those, he was potentially going to be a first overall pick when he was going like the year before the draft. Then he got the whole mono thing and it kind of delayed his, delayed his uh, career. I was going to say development, but um, so, obviously, he kind of had to learn his game back in the AHL. Yeah. And he kind of did that. So, I mean, he he looked good in the AHL. And now, all of a sudden, he's getting a shot in the NHL. And he's looking good. Do I think he's going to be a, a top two guy? No. But... The, as, as there's he, potential
0: for him to be that. But I don't yeah. think he gets there. Yeah, see... I
1: just yeah I, I think he's I think he's gonna be a middle pairing guy yeah and I, I have no I have no problem with that whatsoever I agree. if you can get a middle if you can get a middle pairing guy and he can go up and up and down your lineup when you need him to perfect no problem you know you got your stud in Riley and Riley's not going anywhere right now yeah. so um and you have a potential stud in Sandine, who obviously when he comes back from his knee injury we'll see how he see how he bounces back yeah but um I do think they have to shake up the pairings and and I'm not sure. I haven't watched the last couple of games, so I'm not sure who they have as the sixth defenseman or, or the. Is it Rubens? Rubens, yeah. So
0: and he's looked, um, he's looked fine. Nothing special. Yeah. Well, and,
1: that, and that's the thing with Rubens is, is he's just one of those like he's kind of like a better version of Marty Marinchen basically. Um, so it's like it's okay. it's it, it works, <laughs> but. I think they need to do something else, and I honestly I like the little trade they made yesterday. I mean, it's the kid they picked up is twenty three. He's like, it's it's a it's a no lose situation. You know, it's a lottery. It's a lottery type guy, um, and everything I've been reading on this guy is, you know, he's got potential, just hasn't put it all together. It's so bird, right? I mean,
0: <clears throat> sorry, it's bird, right? I think the name. Yeah,
1: yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, if he can put anything together and become, you know, a half-decent defenseman, then I think it's worth it to dump Curtis Gabriel, who wasn't even playing for us really. Yeah. So
0: I didn't mind uh, the Gabriel signing in the offseason as depth, but then our depth looked really, really good at the beginning of the season. So kind of defeated the purpose of bringing Gabriel in.
1: Yeah, Hunter, and it was one of those, like, the, the, we had <laughs> going into the season – was we had 12 guys who could fill up the last six rows or six positions, I guess. Yeah. So, um, I mean,
0: you, you take it as it is, I guess, but yeah. And I don't think anyone would be upset with how it's worked out. Like, I think Gabriel was brought in as a possibility who could fill the bottom roles. Yep. We found people who worked better together. We moved him on. Like, I don't think anyone could be upset with that. And if they are upset, then they're being a little too picky.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say that
0: then it's a different different uh situation. So Yeah. Um it's just not really worth it. So we're looking do you, so I talked about the defense. Is there a simple solution on the defense right now? Is it just switching those pairs up right now? Maybe that'll be the simple solution, or is it is a deeper issue, do you think, Kyle?
1: Um, I do think to be honest, I think they need to go out and get somebody, um, and and that's just my personal opinion. Uh, I, I do think getting somebody not necessarily high end, but like somebody who's middle to bottom pairing, um, somebody who can who can not necessarily be a difference maker in the lineup, but just somebody who can solidify things. I think that's that's really what they need, and I'm not sure who like that could be. I'm not really sure about that one. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you, you could look maybe to Montreal, like maybe you look at like Ben Chirot type of thing. Um, obviously that'd be kind of a big, <clears throat> it would be a big kind of go out and get him. Obviously he's a rental guy. Um, not sure what the acquisition cost would be, but he's the type of big defenseman looked fantastic for montreal in the playoffs last year obviously side by side with weber um and just he's a difference maker because he's he's the type of guy who's he's not going to wow you by anything but he's physical he's like the type of defenseman that you need going into the playoffs and i think he'll do well with that leafs team so i mean you look, look look at that maybe uh Maybe you go to Buffalo. Maybe get like a Colin Miller type of thing. Um, not sure how how he would fit or how that would do, but I mean, I think it would work. Um, yeah. And and then I'm trying to think of who else. Uh, maybe you double dip in in Buffalo. Actually, maybe you get the, like a Robert Hag or something who came over in that. Uh, that could be an interesting. In that wrist wrist in deal, right? Yeah, that could be. a physical, 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 guy. Good shot blocker. Um, you know, uh, six foot two. Like he's he's pretty big. So I mean, he'd be a perfect third pairing guy. Uh, maybe if you need to, you could throw him second pairing. You know, maybe maybe if, if it's if it's Buffalo, maybe just send maybe send Engball back or McKeever or something because I think Hag's only making like a million or something like that for for salary. So yeah. you swap out salaries directly and and see how that goes uh there's there's different options that are available for sure so i think they need to go and get somebody and and kind of make a difference there
0: yeah i like that i think those are those are some good moves kyle i think that's a good one um last question on the leafs then we'll flip to the coyotes uh Mm -hmm. do you think this stretch at all hurts their chances of re-signing campbell in the offseason or is this just like part of the season everything every team kind of has it sort of thing I think
1: every, everybody has those laws. Obviously, we're we're talking right now about a three, four, four game, game stretch. Three. I guess technically, yeah. Um, yeah. Right, so it's one of those. Are we overreacting based on how well they were playing before? Potentially, Actually. maybe it's just like maybe it's just like a little stretch where it's hey, we're not playing our greatest, but you know we're picking up points here and there. Right? And it's like in the last four game we picked up three points. Is it ideal? No, but in saying that, you know. You lost to Winnipeg, and you lost to Tampa. So it's like, those aren't terrible teams. It's not as if you're losing to Buffalo 6 nothing. And Minnesota's right? also Even, leading their division, by the way. Oh, I know. Minnesota's been fantastic this year. So, I mean, and when I said losing to Buffalo, I meant more like Ottawa. It's like losing to Ottawa 6 nothing. It's like, that's not what's happening right now. Yeah. It's, you lost 5-3 to Tampa, which is like, whatever. They scored an empty net. So it was really like a 4-3 game. So it's one of those... So, it's one of those like, it's really not that bad. Obviously, you don't want to be giving up four or five goals a night. Obviously, there, there's that, you know, they're reverting back to the Leafs of three years ago. But I think, I think, I, I trust Keith as a coach. I think he's going to reel him back in. I think he's going to get him reset in. And I think you might see in the next three or four games, you might see them start winning games, you know, 2 1, 3 2, like that kind of stuff, yeah. where it's, not giving up four or five, but oh, I, nice. I think we'll have to see this next, see next stretch and, and see what they see what they do.
0: So. Yeah. By the way, I don't know why I didn't say this earlier. Another guy that they possibly could go after. What about like a Hayden Flurry from Seattle? Mill three contract, not worth yeah. much, but man, he would look good on this team. I think.
2: See,
0: the, the counter to that is the counter to that is to me, I'd rather Giordano. Well, yes, you'd I obviously think, rather Giordano, but I'm talking contract wise, right? Like, we don't have a yeah, lot of space no, to no. bring in contracts.
1: No, but see, Seattle will retain half, right? Still? Or you, or, you, or, or you do one of those three team trades where Seattle retains half, somebody else retains half, and all of a sudden Giordano's contract is now a million and a half dollars.
0: Right? Yeah.
1: Or, or two million or whatever it is, right? Yeah. Where it's, of course, you got to give up picks and stuff like that. But, like, for Seattle, you know, does. And I, like I would I would hate to do something like that. Would like is a Robertson get it done? Right? Does that get it done?
0: Yeah. No, that's possible. <laughs> so, I just it, I just I I thought about the name. I was trying to think of guys that might work, and I yeah. think Flurry could be an interesting addition because we don't need a we don't I don't think our top pair is the biggest issue right now, right? Like
1: no, but I, I, th- I think the bottom. biggest thing as as the Leafs, do you want to bring in a younger guy? To help try and solidify things, or do you want to bring in a a veteran, either a veteran or like an older veteran, right? Very similar to, you know, not necessarily. I'm not comparing the two, but like what the Caps did with Chara, where it brought yeah. it in, brought a veteran presence, like that kind of thing. Bringing a Giordano or something along those lines for the Leafs, right? You know, he's going to fit pretty well. You know, he he would replace whole in that second pairing, basically. You could almost throw him up in the first pairing if he wanted to, but I would think he would just be fine in the second pairing, right? <clears throat> yeah, yeah, it may not be this fleetest of foot anymore, but then again, neither is Justin Hull, and he's ten years younger, so um, I, I, th- I think it would be a seamless transition, and it would get Engblom off your goddamn PP two, <laughs> and Giordano <laughs> would run the second power play. So, geez, tell me how you really feel. Well, I mean, if you like, to me. You have Spezza and you have Spezza and Giordano running your second power play. All of a sudden, your power play has more of a threat than currently Pierre Engvall being the shooter on the number two power play.
0: I'm I'm not arguing, but I'm just I'm yeah. just laughing about how you said it. It was funny.
1: <laughs> yeah, so it's like it's like to me to me that just makes sense. But obviously, things would have to fall into place and so on and so forth. So and when does the not NHL sure how it works? sense, so. Kyle. Sure,
0: but so. I mean. It could work. It could work for sure. Let's switch gears. (laughs) I don't even Mm -hmm. know where I want to start with this next story, but the Arizona Coyotes Mm -hmm. almost got locked out of their arena Mm -hmm. because they didn't pay fees. Yep. How? How? You are a professional sports organization. Do you know what they blamed it on? An unfortunate human error. Y'all are a f- professional sports team. You have Williams. enough. You should have enough people to check that. <laughs> it should yeah, not come down to problem one problem person.
1: The problem is they don't have enough money. That's the problem.
0: <laughs> it still shouldn't come down to one person.
1: <clears throat> Fair. I agree. Like. <laughs> I just. I, I found it hilarious that like. You know. Batman came out. Oh my God, there's no chance that they're moving anywhere. I'm like, they don't have money. There's no chance. There's no chance. The coyotes actually paid that. It was hundred percent. The NHL paid it. There's not even a question. Right. Cause the club said it settled its debt. Didn't say they paid it. It just said they settled the debt, which means the NHL wrote the coyotes a check for $1.3 million. It said, Hey, don't get locked out of your goddamn arena. Pay the friggin' bill
0: figure it out yeah but like yeah i the thing that gets me is the human error reason like i'm sorry there's there's i'm sure the city of glendale and was it the, the whole is it just the city or is it, what is it who did it? No, it's the it, arizona department of revenue yeah i'm it, sure it, it they sent you like, a couple freaking letters no one decided to read them yeah <laughs> don't give me human error yes it might have been initially a human error but you must have had time to fix this because they were going back how long was these going back these were going back arena invoices outstanding from last season yeah They're, it's not like it's this year it's not like it was just this month that they forgot to file it was last year's crap like
1: yeah it, it was it's something that you can't have <laughs>
0: I just... <laughs> I don't get it. And we were just there.
1: Oh, 100%. And, like, the, don't be wrong. The arena is beautiful. Like, it, it looks... Like, on, on the outside, it's great. And the inside, it's kind of... Eh.
0: It's, fu- it's fine. But, like, it's not a bad arena, but it's not a great arena.
1: But, like, walk, walking up to it Oh, was it's gorgeous. Great. Like, it looked great on the outside.
0: The little, the little but, stuff that they have out front of it, all the shopping, yeah. all the restaurants, it's great. It's, it's an atmosphere. Yeah. There's a rink out there. I don't know how they put a rink in Arizona, yeah. but... And yeah, we we were trying
1: to figure we were trying to figure that out, <laughs> um, but I mean like the city already opted out for next year, so Arizona needs a new place to play next year. So, um, and and the best the best is Bettman making a statement saying that the city of Glendale either has an agenda or hasn't has, an, uh, has a, uh, a vendetta against the Coyotes. And I'm like, no, they just actually, don't
0: make money. Actually, no, they might because they're not freaking paying them.
1: Yeah I, yeah I would fair. have a vendetta too yeah <laughs> if you were not stop yeah. paying
0: me off for like golf rounds and stuff i'd be really pissed too
1: yeah i mean it's that's like one of those guys. like what's it's, it's one of those like maybe they just don't want them there because they don't actually make the money like that's it, maybe it's just simple as that
0: <laughs> it pretty much is as simple as that but like, like yeah. oh it's time to ask the question well it's not time to ask the question the question has been asked for a while but is it finally time to move this team I mean I would say yes but clearly Batman doesn't uh, want I don't care about Batman I'm them. asking you and wait does this team need to be moved I say yes
1: and like I think there's two realistic options right now um, and obviously Montreal is one of them um, they they they've. I'm pretty sure they've made the re- the renovations to that rink too, that they needed to to you qualify for annual rink. Yeah, sorry, Montreal. I was like,
0: sorry.
1: Montreal. <laughs> it, sorry, it's in the Quebec. In, in the province. Quebec. <laughs> yeah, in the Quebec province. Um, and I think the other the other area I think it's Houston actually. Yeah, obviously. Um, you could create a, a crosstown technically crosstown rivalry with Dallas, I guess. Um. You know, have it be the Battle of Texas. No, uh,
0: cross-state rivals. Um,
1: yeah, and, and it'd be one of those. I, I think Houston, with a giant population in that city, um, clearly wants uh, some sort of team. I mean, it would be another losing team like the Texans, but in saying that, at least it's something.
0: Um, that's also a community that has had hockey before, right? Like, both of those oh, are communities sure. that have had hockey before, right? The Nordiques yeah. and the Arrows of the yeah. WHA. Something like that, yeah. I think so. Um, so,
1: I, I, th- I think they do well, and I think I think they would draw better than Arizona because people man, we we saw this. People in Arizona don't want to go to hockey. It's like maybe if even when they were good, I'm pretty sure they didn't draw full stadiums. So it's like, I mean, they had one of the like one of the arguably better play, best players in the NHL in Shane Doan for years, and couldn't draw for the life of them. Yes, it wasn't in Glendale at that point, but.
0: Still. Yeah. It's like, true. And that's the problem is that like we were there. I'm I know I joked about by saying this, but I'm still like kind of not joking. I'm pretty sure there was more people in the suites. Yeah. than there was in the lower bowl. Yeah, I think so. Like it was close. I'm sure there was more people in the lower bowl for the game that we were at. But like if there was, it was not by much. And no, no. that's a problem. If you can't fill out the lower section or if you can't fill out either the lower or the upper bowl, depending on ticket yeah. prices, right, like That's a problem.
1: And and the thing is like the tickets weren't expensive. That's the no. thing. If if they were expensive still and like, you know, the team wasn't playing well, obviously they're not great right now, but like I would get it if they were expensive. They weren't. They were
0: thirty or forty bucks US. Right? Yeah, I think with with all the fees that we paid, it ended up being, what, 68 bucks each?
1: Yeah. And I think it was – and we sat, what, eight rows from the ice? Row K. So it's like,
0: it was row K, so whatever K is in the alphabet. Yeah.
1: So it was like one of those like – and if we wanted to, we could have gone down another four rows and sat there too because they were empty. So it's like <laughs> there, there's, there's definitely potential – for them to move elsewhere, but it seems like I don't know what Batman has wants to keep it in Arizona. I don't, I don't get it. I, I really don't. But
0: obviously, there's a reason why he's commissioner. So, yep, it is what it is. I guess. And let's not let's not sugarcoat it. Gary Bettman has done great things for the league in his time as commissioner. Mm-hmm. Has he made some bonehead decisions? Absolutely. But any commissioner, no matter what, is probably going to end up on the wrong end of a couple decisions. It's just yep. it's just the, the nature of the job. But the guy has mm-hmm. done a great job growing the game and growing the league money. Mm-hmm. So you can't fault him for that. But I think his time might it, be coming yeah. to an end soon. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. All right, dude. Let's get to final thoughts and get out of here. You got places to be. I got things to do. So uh, final thought of the week. Hit it. Final thought of the week.
1: I had it and I lost it between us doing this. Um, (laughs) uh, Final thought of the week. Um, Well, honestly, great cup. Um, Great, great cup. Is this Sunday? Um, obviously, I'm not a huge CFL guy. Obviously, I know my CFL stuff,
0: but you watch the game, um, but not
1: not religiously. I know exactly. So, um, to me, I, I think it's a it's a great opportunity for you know Canadian football to gain another step and potentially show off what they can do. It's got to be a good game to truly show it off. So, it is. I'm awaiting that. Um, <clears throat> Also, the other thing that I wanted to touch on was John Tortorello is an absolute moron. Um, Did you see his statements? Yeah. Yeah. That was, um, if anybody hires him as a head coach, they should drop out of league immediately. Um, It's like, he's like, oh yeah, the Zegers thing doesn't, doesn't deserve to be in hockey. Go away. You like, stop it. It was a good goal. It's good for the NHL because it's showing the skill of the NHL. And, well, that, well, you know, 20 years ago, you would have been decked for that. Well, it's not 20 years ago, torts. Go away. So, I mean, I could go on a very explicit rant if I really wanted to, but I'm going to avoid that right now. I kind of want to um, do the rant, but I'm going to let it go. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I'm I mean, for you and me off air. <laughs> yeah. So, it's like, it, torts, let it go. It's the way the game is now. You can't be still thinking it's 2000 where you're going to have a guy go head hunt somebody. It's not happening. No. So, I mean, <clears throat> that's, yeah, just I'm happy where the, where the game is now. It's a very entertaining game now. Um, don't get me wrong. It was entertaining back then too, but it's just not the way the game played now. No. So, so it's, it's, he's got to get up to the, up to the times and, and figure things out. So,
0: I agree with you 100%. I, I saw that while we were doing this recording. It popped up on my phone. I'm just like, oh, all oh, torts. No, don't. No. That ain't it, Chief. That ain't it. Um, Building on your great cup. Final thought. I'm going to go the other way. I'm producing the show, so I know a lot about the the, the cup now. Um, kickoff, 6 p.m. tomorrow on TSN, obviously. Make sure you tune in. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm also very interested on a different pace. We got a couple Canadians in the round of 16 of Champions League, dude.
2: Jonathan Mm -hmm. David,
0: Alphonso Davies, both make it through with Bayern and Lille. Lille looked really good in the group stage. Like, I know people weren't sure how they were going to react after winning last year in the French League and then kind of being the team. They look solid, and they're a dangerous team. I'm I'm excited Mm -hmm. to see how far they are going to be able to make it. Um, And obviously, we'll get... We'll get Irfan's take on that as well uh, next time he's on the show. By the way, dude, I don't know if you know this, but next episode is 100. Mm -hmm. Since the relaunch. (laughs) Since the rebrand? Yeah, not bad, eh? So that'll be be a fun little episode right before Christmas. Last one of the year. Mm -hmm. We'll make it a good one.
2: Yeah, that'll be... uh...
1: That'll be very interesting, because I will will be in the bag, so that'll be fun.
0: You'll be in the bag? Why will you be in the bag?
1: Oh, I got plans on Friday night, so that'll be fun.
0: Oh, goody. We're going to have a hungover Kyle for episode 100. Well, as always, guys. If you are looking to follow us, follow us at Garage Door Sport on Twitter at Garage Door Sports on Instagram. If you're looking for myself, it's at Nick McVicker. If you're looking for Kyle, it's at Kyle Vardy. Make sure you follow us for more uh, sports updates as well as just fun random tweets. Um, if you're looking for Kyle at the Betting House, don't forget to check out Betting House Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Touchline T H uh, for Touchline Thoughts as well. You heard the commercial. Irfan and Page doing great things. Page is home now as well, so mm-hmm. they're, they're actually doing stuff, which is cool. They got. Did you see their, their ho- sweaters? Their hoodies, they, their hoodies are pretty cool. They're they like got it. they got nice sweaters. We got to get something like that for us, man. I, <laughs> I have mine, but like we need more. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. I guess other than that, thank you for listening, everybody. We appreciate the time that you spend with us. We appreciate you listening at all. We will be back next time. Have a great one.